is Rob, and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us really does want to be fully known and fully loved. Today, in part two of a two-part series, we conclude a conversation I had with a good friend of mine, Justin Sheehan. Growing up, Justin battled with tough family issues, alcoholism, drug abuse, unhealthy relationships, and even flirted with death on several occasions. In his late teens, he was severely beaten by a gang of guys that left him in critical condition in the hospital. Have you ever needed a second chance or fresh start in life, but didn't know how or if that opportunity would ever come along? Have you ever lost hope during a season of life and didn't know who or what to believe in, who or what to trust? Listen to my friend, Justin Sheehan, as he shares his encouraging and hope-filled conclusion of his story and discover for yourself. This is Real Friends. Okay, so we're actually back from uh, bio break and uh, we've freshly refilled our coffee cups and we're back for round two. So so where I wanted to pick up at was, uh, you mentioned um, God, faith several times. Um, Tell me about your faith walk, starting first of all with your kind of picture of who God was when you were a kid growing up to where you are now. Tell me about how that journey went. Well, uh, like I said, before I thought God was up there and kind of lost me somewhere. Uh, And then uh, I had a couple experiences, you know, a couple life-altering experiences. Uh, I was, in 98, I I got jumped by five guys and almost killed. And... uh, had a brain injury, had learned how to walk again, and, uh, you know, was in a coma for a while, and uh, so that was like a big deal, and then, uh, and then shortly after I got out of that, I was, this was when I was still partying, I got out, I went right back to partying, and uh, even though I didn't want to, I, I just, I couldn't not, so. What do you mean you didn't want to? Well, I mean that whole that whole experience kind of woke me up to, hey, I got a problem, you know, and uh, I guess just the thought never occurred to me that I couldn't do anything about it. So I guess I left the hospital thinking, I'm done. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, I'm done. 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 And how old were you when this happened? Uh, I was 98, so I guess I was 18, maybe okay. 17, 18, something like that. Uh, maybe 19. Uh, but uh, but this was before your friends invited you to come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. 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 So, got out of the hospital and day one went right back. I mean, it did. I mean, it didn't take whatever. Whatever. Uh, I even when I said I was done, I meant that with everything. Uh, I absolutely had no intention of ever going back to doing drugs and alcohol. And that's exactly what I did. So, had you had said that before to yourself? This is it. I'm done with drugs and alcohol. Or was this the first time that you'd really kind of made that commitment to yourself? It's the second time in my life <clears throat> I've made the commitment to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time when I was like 15 or something like that, my dad came home in a cab at like 2 in the morning. Cab mm-hmm. driver said, this guy says he lives here, and I had to walk him in there mm-hmm. and put him to bed. And, you know, so that was my first time. That lasted not long either yeah. <laughs> you know uh but so i 
I don't know. Like, so I really thought that this was like a bigger deal because it was a life changing thing. You know, uh, I had much more, this much more incentive to, to yeah. stop this time. And it, it did not even last 24 yeah. hours. So, so why'd you get jumped by those guys? Uh, you know, to this day, I really don't know. Uh, was it just the culture, the group of people that you're hanging with? Was stuff like that commonplace where people would just be jumped? Yeah, it was. It was. It was common. Uh, it was common around the people that I was hanging out with and uh, the stuff that I was doing, whatever. But uh, I think this was a little bit more drastic. You know what I mean? This uh, usually you get jumped, you get beat up, you move on. You know, whatever. But this was. This you know. You know, almost getting beaten to death. That was that. That wasn't a common thing that happened. Yeah. You Did know? you have like a debt that you owe them? No, no, hmm. no, no. Uh, uh, I've talked to a few of them since then. Even you know, uh, one of them said it was because uh, I stole some pot plants from this other guy uh, uh, a little while before this. Uh, that seems very. I don't know. That doesn't seem like a plausible yeah. uh, reason. Uh, another guy, I think, said uh, there was a guy there who was drunk and he was looking for trouble and he hit me behind the back, you know. Uh, so there was that. And then, uh, um, you know, it was just it was a bunch of stuff. Uh, one of the guys who did it was my best friend at the time. So that was a whole other interesting thing. So, again, you know, you talk about, you know, the people in your life that you trust and, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, it's another reason why not to trust anybody, you know, for sure. Uh, so did you ever make amends with your best friend? Did he, he ever tell you why that happened? Did you guys ever talk afterwards? I did. I got the, I got the opportunity to drive. He, he actually went to prison for it. Yeah. He did uh, eight, ten years for that. Uh, and I had to, to make amends for things that I've done to him in the past. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had to, actually had to go visit him in prison. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so what sat, was that like? Well, I sat behind the glass and I mm. kind of made my spiel and admitted my wrongs and, you know, and tried to make amends. And all he wanted to do was kind of bring up old times and talk about the way things used to be. And, you know, it was like, uh, it was like nothing had ever changed. And, uh, you know, you know, just trying to get him to get him to see, you know, like, man, uh, the way you're looking at life it ain't working. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is I know this is not where you yeah. wanted to be, you know, when you when you were a kid, you didn't want to grow up and say, Hey, I could be in prison you know, like but how old were you when this conversation took place? Uh, probably twenty two, okay. twenty three, maybe okay. something like that. And so were you a couple years into your recovery then at that stage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so what were we talking about? Relationship with God? That were... Yeah, just uh, some of the, the catalysts, some of the events that... Yeah. You know. Okay, so so yeah, so I, so I, so I you know, um, so that was, a, after I got jumped, like six months later, I got hit by a full-size van going 55 miles an hour, driver's side of my car, put my head through a window, and I remember on the way to the hospital, I remember thinking in my head, there's something keeping me here, mm. but yeah. 
whatever it is, either let me live or let mm. me die, but choose one. I'm sick of this yeah. almost crap or survival or, you know, whatever. It's just like, that's how I, that was where I felt like I was living. Yeah. I was like, this ain't living, you know, but I ain't dead either. I would rather, rather prefer to be one or the other, you know. Uh, so, so that was, that was kind of a little God moment was just recognizing that there's, you know, I should be dead many times over. Yeah. So even before you actually had a relationship with God or the type of relationship that you have now, you could still see that God was somehow involved in your life. I don't know that I was super conscious of it. I just remember that that was, that was the thought. I mean, of course I was all screwed up. I was high, drunk, you know, whatever. On my way to the hospital, after getting hit by a car hard, you know, I was bleeding and, you know, uh, but I just, it was more of a defeated moment, a more yeah. of a hopeless moment, a more of a, of a man, you know, I, I can't win for nothing. Like this is, this is my life. This, and I remember the other thought I had in that, in that ambulance was like, this is the best my life's ever going to be. This is as good as it gets. Hmm. That yeah. was, that was, that was deflating. You know, yeah. that was, that was humbling. Uh, because uh, heck, I was 18, 19 years old, I couldn't hold a job, and no, no real relationship. I mean, nobody really wanted to be part of my life. I was in and out of jail, in a hospital. Like this is this is my resume, you know, so to yeah. speak. This is this is what I have to bring to the table. You know, it doesn't go up from here at this point. You know, so uh, but so then. When, like I said, when I took that guy on that offer and I went to that meeting and then kind of bounced around that whole thing for a little while, uh, you know, finally I uh, met somebody uh, in there who took me under their wing to help me. And, uh, you know, he was a godsend. He was just, you know, really do feel like that God puts, uh, you know, angels in our lives or, you know, I feel like it's, you know, it's the right person, the right place, the right times, the right thing. And like, it couldn't happen any other way. Nobody else, you wouldn't hear it from anybody else. Nobody else could say it. Like, you know, like it just had to be in that moment at that person and that, you know, and that's exactly how it happened. And, uh, somebody, uh, offered to help me or give me some help and, give me some direction in my life. And that's all I really, really, that's all I really wanted in my whole life really was, was some direction. Like, give me something. Yeah. Like, you know, I was getting to the point in my life where I realized that I don't have it. I can't, like, I don't know. I, you know, I, that's a hard place for a guy with a big ego like me to get to. Well, and to your point, do you feel like you had to be that beaten down, that defeated before you would finally be honest enough with yourself to say, you know what? All right, I'm ready for some help. I'm ready to listen to somebody. Absolutely. Because you were saying earlier in life that even if people have maybe shown you a different way, that you were like at a your seat, the way you were at that stage, season of life, you probably wouldn't have listened to them. Yeah, yeah, hands down. I mean, uh, uh, so was this a, a friend, just an older adult? A, this was a, a guy uh, that was in the organization or in the mm-hmm. in the in the program that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh, that I reached out to for help, and, yeah. and, and he opened his opened his hand and offered to help me, and uh, you know, uh, I can't speak enough about that 
I feel like that was like a defining moment in my life. Yeah. Just uh, getting to a place where uh, I finally felt like I didn't know. Like I needed help. I needed yeah. to not just ask for help. I needed to accept help. I yes. needed to anything yeah. anybody gave me yeah. had to be better than what I had going on. <laughs> I mean, yes. and that's yeah. that was just such a great place that I could not have gotten to without divine intervention. That's where I feel like, Amen. you know, God really stepped in is because, uh, you know, if it wasn't for that moment, I, I was, I was there, was, there was nothing that could be done for me at all. Because I always had a twist. And even if you gave me directions, I would try and fit it to mold me. Like, oh, I know what you, you know what you're saying. I'll take what I want, leave the rest. And, you know, like, uh, I know how that would work for me. And, you know, it's like I had to be utterly, what do you want me to do? Right. Help me. Help yeah. me. Just give me something. Tell me yeah. what you think I should do because my, I have not, I'm not on a winning record. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it had to be abundantly clear to me yeah. that I was <laughs> not doing a great job managing my life. Yeah. And this is your 19 years old? Uh, I think I was 20. 20. Okay. Yeah, I was 20 by this time. Yeah. All right. And so then continue us through the story in terms of your 20. Um, the gentleman's offered to kind of help help you. And so tell me more about the trajectory of how that goes. So one of the first things you know, he was recommending me do is to ask, like to pray. Like, you, mm -hmm. you know, he said, ask for help to stay sober yeah. in the morning. And if you do... Thank whatever it is you're praying to for 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 helping. And I remember thinking, I think my response was something like, you know, not that I do believe, not that I don't, but what if I don't know? Because I feel like you know, I've been to church, I've been saved, I've been baptized ten times, and I might be exaggerating, but not by much, you know. But I, like I've reached out, you know, to what I thought was God, mm -hmm. you know, at churches and stuff like that, and I've, yeah. and, and it seemed like I was wound up in jail within a week or something like or interesting it yeah. just nothing took yeah. you know so but I, you felt like you had tried this route before tried god yeah. like i guess god in general like yeah. i've tried reaching out to god and he just mm -hmm. never was there like so what was different about this then his response was perfect i said what if what if i don't know he said pray anyway it was the best response a guy i, I mean i could probably ever get so Basically, what he was saying was, you don't. It's not a requirement. You don't have to believe. You don't have to believe. You don't have to trust. You don't have to know. You don't have to. You don't have to have anything figured out. You just have to do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. And this again, this was getting to the end of myself, to where, you know, everything had to be a spinoff to my way, and I had deflated my ego enough through failure yeah. of life, you know, that it was like, fine, I, you know, okay, I'll do, you know, I, I think I remember like when, when I first started working with him, my attitude was terrible. It, I remember my attitude was, fine, I'll do everything you tell me to do, I'll go everywhere you tell me to go, just so when this stupid thing don't work, I can be done, you know what I mean? And that was, you know, that was my attitude going in. And... I got tricked. I've been. It's worked ever since. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, yeah. it, I feel like it, I feel like God works despite ourselves. Even yeah. you know when we open ourselves enough to Him, 
to give them an honest shot. You know, I just think, you know, but so a lot of the, a lot of the things about faith seems like, you know, there's a sentence in the Bible that says faith without works is dead, right? So, yep. like, I have got to take action. I have to take certain actions. If I do that, there's what's called guaranteed results. But you don't get those if you don't take the actions. And so, you know, uh, through the organization, through my experiences, that you know, I've kind of learned that, you know, I don't learn by thinking, changing my thinking. I can't change my, I can't think my way into proper acting. I have to act my way into proper thinking. If I change my actions, my thinking will change it as time goes by. And I was always going out the other way. I was always trying to think my way into acting better. If I just thought this way, then I would act better. And it just, it just wouldn't work. So got a lot of good stuff you know, through all that, but, uh, so then, you know, through taking some actions, uh, in that organization and, you know, uh, I think it st- started with coming to, uh, belief in, you know, that there was something out there. There was something that was helping me and it became evident to me because little acts of coincidences started happening, you know, along the way that mm-hmm. like, you know, like, there's no way that this would happen at this time, this time, you know, whatever. And these things started happening that just kind of helped build my faith. It was like, okay, there's something working here. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention. I see it, you know. And Can then, you think of any, like, acts of coincidence that you'd like to share? I have a friend who says coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous, mm-hmm. you know, in our lives. It's, yeah. But can you think of any examples? Yeah, um. Uh, you know, one in particular was I was working at a job uh, when I was newly sober, and we used to take out car seats out of brand new cars, and we would rip off the leather off the cloth, and we put on leather interior on these brand new cars. And uh, so I'm doing all that, and uh, anyway, I was driving this brand new Cougar. To back to the dealership. I was driving this day, so I was driving this brand new car to the dealership. The car had like 16 miles on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was uh, following another driver who was driving another brand new Cougar. We were driving this dealership, and I kind of fell asleep behind the wheel a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, and light turned red, and I stopped and I hit this guy's bumper, and it really wasn't a lot of damage, but I mean, there was some damage to the bumper. And um, I'm like, oh, man, I'm freaking out. Uh, so he pulls over, and I pull over, and this old man, he's an old retired guy who just drives, you know, just keep working or whatever. And he says uh, he says to me, he says, uh, nobody's seen this. This car, these cars have been here for a week or so. Anybody could have done it. So what we'll do is we just won't say anything. Maybe they won't see it. And even if they do, we just won't claim it you know what I mean and you know whatever, it'll be all good and of course I'm a liar I'm a complete liar at the time so I'm like yes that's exactly what we need to do yes mm, yeah. it was like it was like God speaking to me I was like yes and so we drive to this dealership and then uh, as we're walking in 
he stops me one more time for the door. He says, so that's what we're going to do. We're not going to say anything. We're going to, we're just going to go in here and just let be and then move on. And if they find it, then we'll just say we didn't see anything. I was like, yes, yes. And then he went to go get the door and my hand just kind of went out on its own and stopped the door from opening. And I said, I can't do this. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Uh, and I walked in directly into this dealership. I had no cooth, you know, or anything. Walked right into this dealership and said, where's the, where's the owner's office? And they pointed to me and I walked right into his office while he's sitting at his desk. And I said, hey, I just want you to know that I was driving one of your cars back to you from my work and I wrecked your car. I hit, I hit the bumper in front of another car. I did it. I said, if you want me to get fired, you can call my boss right now. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. That'll, it is what it is. If you, if I can pay for it out of pocket, out of my check, I'll gladly do that. But whatever it is you want to do, it's fine. But I have to, I have, I have to be honest. Like, there, there's no way in the, on the face of this planet that I could have done that outside of some power working in my life. Because I would have lied and not lost a wink of sleep. Yeah. my whole life that's a great story and yeah. so that yeah. was uh, yeah. yeah yeah so I'm sorry you're still continuing with the trajectory of your, your faith life yeah so uh, so go through you know uh, like I said I bought into the idea that there's power working I bought into all that uh, I guess when I was uh, pretty close to about 10 years sober uh, a friend of mine uh, who was a Christian who is a Christian uh, you know was, I don't know what I don't remember what the conversation maybe he was talking about the Bible or maybe something like that I don't remember uh, all the details but what I do remember was that I remember saying to him like you know I just wish the Bible had some kind of clear cut direction because all I thought of was the Bible because I thought you know nurse uh, was uh, Bible school growing up and kid, you know, Baptist church and, you know, uh, where the kids go and stuff like that. And talking about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's all I knew. Yeah. So, and I didn't even know them really. I just knew little stories out of them. And I just thought it was, I really just thought it was like good moral stories. You know, I don't, it never registered to me that any of this was true or, it, you know, it was yeah. just, it was how we're supposed to believe or, you know, or what. I don't, or fables, or I don't know. I don't know where, yeah, but yeah. I knew had zero really knowledge of really what the Bible was about, or haven't really investigated any of it, you know. But I said, oh, I just wish the Bible had some kind of clear cut direction, like like the program that I'm in, like has clear cut direction. Yeah. Why doesn't the Bible have that? And so he gave me this gold good news Bible. And he hands it to me, and he said, here take this I said okay he said read Proverbs and I said what's that he said that's a book in there you just read that I said okay fell in love fell in love it was like okay so this is how I'm supposed to live like I could have used this at six or at seven or at eight or you know what I mean or at 15 or you know whatever like I had no idea this existed it's like it's like going through most of my life, you know, and I've, you know, other people have said this too before, but like everybody's got the rule book of life or how to, the, the book of life of how to live life. And I'm, I must have been using the restroom 
I stepped out to use the restroom when everyone was in line getting their book, and I missed it. You were asking so when they're handing out. It's calories. like everybody knows what they're doing. Yeah. Everybody knows where they're going. Everybody has everything going on figured out, and I'm clueless, trying to wing it yeah. my whole life. And here, this guy gives me this Bible yeah. that's been around forever. It's got this clear-cut direction of how you're supposed to live life. It's like that's that's the book that I was. I missed when I was using the restroom, or you know. So, for people who are unfamiliar with the, the Bible or the Book of Proverbs, how would you describe the Book of Proverbs? What is it? Uh, well, it's uh, it's it's a book of wisdom. I think uh, Solomon wrote it, right? Uh, so, um, and it's just it's exactly what I just said. It's basically it, he just tells you, hey, you know, if you want your best life, like. This is how you live. This is how you. Uh, this is how you manage your finances. This is how you treat your wife. This is how you handle yeah. your debts. This is how you uh, treat your friendships. This is how you know. This is what you do do, and how that will work. And this yeah. is what you don't do, and how that'll work. <clears throat> yeah. It's just uh, you know. And there's the good part is there's 31 of them. It's 31 days. You can yeah. read one a day. It's you know. They can be a little lengthy uh, to read a whole one in a day. I mean, you know, in the beginning, you may want to start a little bit more bite-sized like I did, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's all it is. It's all it is is wise direction of how you should live or how, how, to, how to be successful in life. And it's just as applicable now in 2021 as it was back when it was originally written. Every bit. Yeah. Every yeah. bit, every bit. So oh, good. It's it's it, well because that that was my thing was before I had talked to this guy, I was kind of on a mission a little bit, and I don't know how I got there, but I was on this mission of like because uh, where I came from, there the idea of God was more of like a higher power, like you know, and I and I really, I mean, I I strongly believed at the time, you know, really like. God doesn't care what you call him, you know, you call him whatever you want, you know, but God's God, doesn't matter, you know what I mean? So, you know, uh, you know, you could believe in Buddha or Muhammad or Jesus or whatever, but like, it doesn't matter what you call him, he is who he is. And so, uh, not that he was Jesus, but just that he was, he was God, he was, there, you know, but he, there was no name, there was no, and some of it was, you know, what's, you know, what's right for you is right for you. What's right for me is right for me. And there was a lot of that going around. Yeah. And and I don't know. I just, it just pondered. It just kind of thought, like, I wonder if there's anything universally true. I wonder if, if, if question. I wonder if right. life is full of what's right is right for you is right is right for me. You know, yeah. it's like. Everybody's got their own truth, mm -hmm. and everybody's got their own thing. Like, I wonder if that really holds up because it seems like there should be something. Because mm -hmm. here I am taking a bunch of actions that I knew nothing about, and I didn't agree with, and I didn't believe in, and that went completely against my nature. And these, on all these actions, are working very, yeah. very well in my life. So I'm turning out to believe that I was wrong on a lot of different levels in my yeah. life, and so. You know, Beautiful. there's got to be something. You know, so yeah. that's I think that's how the conversation started. That's how the guy gave me the Bible. That's how the guy gave me told me Proverbs. And, you know, and so that's 
that's where I was like, okay, I want more, you know, and then I started getting into some New Testament stuff and, you know, uh, start falling in love with that too. But, uh, and that was kind of my beginning journey into, uh, were you attending a church at the time? Not that time. Okay. No, no, but I was open to it. Yeah. You know, I think I started kind of investigating different churches. I went to uh, a church out in O'Fallon for a while, Discovery Church. Mm -hmm. There was a, there was a pastor there. Uh, who, you know, like Greg, man, he just, mm -hmm. man, he was, he was on fire, boy, he had, boy, when he spoke, it was like, yes, 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 you know, and uh, uh, I think I even got baptized again there, you know, uh, you know, and uh, kind of got veered off of the whole church thing. I, I had developed some really good friendships, uh, you know, going to that church in some small groups and stuff like that. And uh, my best friend at the time uh, was part of our small group, and he was, um, I don't know, he was, uh, I almost want to say very religious, like thinking-wise, you know, uh, but, or whatever, his viewpoints were very biblical, mm -hmm. you know, like, a lot, like more than what I can handle. And so I really, like I was teetering, I was starting off in the faith walk here. So I hadn't had a lot of things figured out. And especially in the dating arena and sex and stuff like that, I was like, I don't know if I'm convinced all that kind of stuff. Or, or even more so, I think I was more like, I am probably convinced that's the right thing to do, given the whole sex for marriage thing. No sex for marriage. But... I ain't there yet. Yeah. I just ain't there. Yeah. And so I was dating and kind of doing my thing. And he kept on like Bible thumping me, so to speak. And just like, hey, you know, that's, that's wrong. It's sin. It's never going to work. Nah, nah, nah. You know, it's just like, but dude, you're my friend. Back off. Like, you know, and he would just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And I'm like, dude, you know, I don't like being around you. You're going to have to back off. And I think I even told him at times, I said, look, I'm not saying that you're not right. I think I'm probably on board with it. I'm just, I'm just telling you I'm not there yet and you need to back off, you know. And he wouldn't back off. And so I had to shut him out of my life. I had to. And so. So you raised an interesting topic. Yeah. And that's the idea of speaking truth into people's lives with love. You'd mentioned earlier that right person at the right time, basically you listened to him mm -hmm. when it came to, to joining the, the organization that you joined. Um, how do you know how to speak truth into someone's life with love when it's the right time as opposed to, as you say, backing off? If somebody asks you to, to back off, should you then just honor and respect what they say? I think it's got to come from God. It can't come from man. I think yeah. I think it was coming from Him. And I don't. I don't think. You know what I mean? I really don't. Yeah. Because. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because He's not white as snow either. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I knew yeah. there were some areas in His life that He, you know, you know. But that's not here nor there. I think there's a couple things. There's uh, it's not what you say, how you say it. And I think there's, uh, you know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. I think, I think, I think it's important for us to speak truth. 
But I like the idea that you speak truth and then you back off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. If they're in a place to hear it, they're going to hear it. And if they're not, they're not. I mean, so there's no sense in browbeating somebody because you can do more harm than good, I feel like. And I agree with you in terms of truly sensing the nudging and prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life as opposed to just you saying something just to get something off your chest. Um, and I think it really is. It's, it is a fine line. I think sometimes we are called to confront the people that we love, um, but they really should sense that we genuinely love them first and foremost. And then there are other times, like what you say, it's ultimately with like my friends, um, I'm called to honor and respect them and what they say. And if a friend were to say, hey, you know what? I got it. I heard you then I think my initial response would be from that point on to honor and respect the fact that, all right, I've confronted them once on this, um, unless I'm genuinely prompted by, like, the Spirit, I need to honor and respect what they say, yeah. and then just back off. Well, you know, and I think, um, you know, there's different there's different uh, scenarios. I don't think there's a, there's a rule you can lay down for that There's no one-size-fits-all. But like, I don't know, I think if, uh, you know, if one of my friends was cheating on their wife or something like that, that's something I'm probably more likely to keep on them about a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this yeah. is, that's a big deal. You can't that's do that. Serious. That right. is not cool. Yeah. You know, but, right. you know, um, you know, uh, but, yeah. but, but again, ultimately, I mean, it, we're not going to change somebody God is. Right. Amen. Yep. And I, think, I think there's not there. enough, uh, sometimes there's not enough prayer. And that, I mean, so it's, it's like, I'm going to say something good. and change your mind. If that doesn't change your mind, I'm going to say something again. I'm going to say something again. <laughs> I'm going to say something again. I'm going to yell at them. I'm going to tell them. This step is like, well, how about you just shut up and just pray yeah. and ask God to help them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause that may do way more yeah. than anything. And yeah. you know, so it's it's a it's a it's a you know it's a, it's about letting go of of uh, playing God you yeah. know what I mean? Just, yeah, we could have a whole another hour long conversation on the the power of prayer and purpose of prayer, but I don't think we have enough time to fit it into this this conversation. But that amen. that'd be another great topic all all, all by itself. Yeah. So you're in the church, you're at the point where this your buddy is kind of pushing against you, and um, continue your story from there. So I. I quit quit going to church. Quit hanging out with him. Was like, you know, look, man, I just need a. Not that I was, not that I was anti God or anti Christian or anything like that, but I was turned off by him, yeah. and so I just, I, or I think religion. Yeah. I think I just I uh, I wanted to. I think I just felt at a place where I just needed to back off of religion, religious activity, or anything like that. And just work on maybe a one-on-one relationship with God and, you know. So when you say religion, how would you define what you mean when you say the word religion? At that time, I think it was just going to church and hanging around people that told me how I ought to live. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I I think that's where I was at. Like, he, he put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have had that. You know, uh, you know, like I said, we're we're not always the best examples, uh, and that's why we got to be careful about listing ourselves as, uh, you know, 
somebody could be have the greatest Christian testimony in the world to me, and I may never know that they're a Christian. They don't. They never even have to say it. You know. Then again, somebody could say it, and and do a lot of harm too. Yeah. So there's a mix. I can't remember who it was. One of the saints who says, "Preach the gospel, and when absolutely necessary, use words." Right? Yeah. Like yeah. your life should be ninety percent. That should be what point people to the fact that you're a Christ follower. Yeah. And uh, on occasions you back that up with your words. But yeah, I love that. And the, it keeps me humble. And the, the good part is, is like, I'm not, I'm not 90% living everything. You know what I mean? I, but it causes me to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. It causes me to keep my mouth shut. You yeah. know what I mean? Most of yeah. the time. I'm just like, you know, yeah. I got a lot of room to grow here, you know, but I'm working on it. You know what I mean? I'm getting there. And uh, I gotta be very careful. You gotta be very careful about preaching something that you know you're not living. You know, so um, you know, like I said, even if you're there mentally and physically, mm. or mentally and and emotionally, and like you believe, it, if you're not living it, then it might be best yeah. to just keep your mouth shut, keep working on your relationship with God, keep working on getting right there. And then when you do, then go tell people. Yeah. Well. And that's why you talk about the power of prayer. That's why it's so important for us to pray for our pastors at the the churches that we attend because they are in the not only the limelight, but they're also in the crosshairs of the enemy in terms of the enemy would love nothing more than to knock one of them off of whatever God's current trajectory and path is for them and try to point out that, uh, show the hypocrisy sometimes of who we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do need to cover them in prayer. Yeah. So you're fed up with religion. Then what's the next step that you take? Again, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a like a, a resentful thing. It was just a, it was a it was a take. I need to take a time out thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really wasn't like I said. It wasn't uh, wasn't like I was anti-religion or anti anti-church or anything. It was just uh, it was just it, it it hurt my feelings. Yeah. And it you know. That's how I say it now. I mean, of course, back then I was like, "You pissed me off." <laughs> same thing, same thing. I mean, you know, uh, you can say it however you want, but I mean, uh, the bottom line is, I was a delicate flower, and it hurt my feelings, and and, uh, and I didn't really want to be a part of that. And I was like, "I'm take my ball, I'm going home," and uh, that's that's how I felt. And, yeah. You know, I'll come back another day. And, it, and eventually, I did. I, I made my way back uh, back to another church and. Went to another church, uh, you know, for for a few years and got involved and uh, served there too and stuff like that. And, uh, that's kind of where I picked up, uh, you know, tithing and you know, uh, picked up some good practices there. Uh, something felt off there. Yeah. I really couldn't put my finger on what. Well, I mean, one one of the things was like I had no relationship with anybody at the church. I mean, mm. like it was a huge church, yeah. and I knew everybody's name in my road. I don't think any of them knew my name. Like you know, it's like like and I was a greeter there, and you know, like but like when I left, I felt like the church button got turned off. You know, it was like I'm there for an hour, and after after church, yeah, back to back to life, and uh, so something really would. But I mean, it was. It was, it was helping me in some areas. In some ways, it really wasn't. And I wound up dating a girl who went to the church that I go to now. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I, I say dating loosely. We went on a couple dates, you know. But uh, one night she brought me up to church on Saturday night, which was different for me because I didn't know you could go to yep. church on Saturday, you know. Yeah, or why yeah, would you? Yeah, I like that. But uh, so she took me to church on Saturday, and you know, I've been there once before. Another buddy of mine took me there uh, to the Chesterfield campus years ago yeah. before they built onto it, and it got as big, you know, is now. Both times I thought, man, eh, good service, you know, good church, you know, whatever. It's, it wasn't for it, wasn't against it, wasn't, you know, it's just, it was like, it was, it was something I did that night, and that was about it, you know. And uh, anyway, she brought me up there that, that Saturday, same same experience, it was like, oh, that was cool, okay, let's go back to my place, and, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, anyway, things didn't work out with her, uh, and then... I had plans one Saturday night. People backed out the last minute, and I hate that. I never go use the hate word again, but you know, it's a strong word. That flakiness, man. It's a it's a pet peeve of mine. But so, uh, but uh, so here I am on a Saturday night, nothing to do, and I was like, uh, you know, you know, I don't want to sit at home all on a Saturday night. And I just remember that service being up there. I was like, well. <laughs> not what I had in mind, you know what I mean? But I was like, I guess there's worse things I could be doing on a Saturday night. That's exactly was the attitude it. going into yeah. it. So I went up there that Saturday night by myself, and uh, Greg was preaching. I'll tell you what, man, it was like it was like back to the same thing. Right person, the right time, to the right thing, at the right place. Yeah. And it was like, ah, okay, I'm supposed to be here. Yes, okay, I get it. And, and uh, went back next week, kind of same thing, and just decided I was going to switch churches and went back and officially went back to my old church and, and told them that I'm leaving the church. And, you know, wasn't the best exit there. Mm. <laughs> that wasn't the best exit experience, but I was like, just have, it's just more evidence that I'm probably doing the right thing where right. I'm going. So, right. so I moved on, and, and I've been kind of going... Uh, to the crossing ever since. So, and so, what have you done to get connected at the crossing? How was your experience at the, the crossing church different than, say, your experience at some of the other churches that you've attended? Well, the small group is night and day better. I mean, it's like I well, that's because you never, have an incredible small group leader, right? You weren't my first. <laughs> you weren't my first. In fact, I hosted a couple myself even before I ever, you know. But I'm just saying, like, just yeah. being able to such a large church you know what i mean and then get to meet with 10 or 12 people you know and break down the service and break down what you you know what you got from it what you took from it you know uh it gave a whole new perspective or feeling you know uh so that's that you know like i said i've been to several of them and i even hosted a couple of them and you know so that was like my first, but one of the things that that they, that, that they do that uh, I was thought was different that I liked was like they didn't have any really official membership, and so but they have a couple of classes that they want you to take that they yep. they think well you know if if you really want to kind of fit in here and kind of know what we believe know what we do and kind of be on the same page then we think you should take these three classes and uh, at least that, if nothing else, will 
kind of help you to fit, help you to, you know, either you fit here, you don't, or, you know, whatever, but at least it's going to put you, put us on the same page and say, hey, this is, this is what we believe. This is why we believe what we believe. This is, you know, and so I took, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I need to take three classes. Okay. So I took three classes. So I took all three classes and then, uh, and I was, was doing the small groups too. And I was kind of feeling like coming to church and it was nice when you come to church and, you know, it was so different from the last huge yeah. church that I went to. I'd come into church and people were like, Justin, hey, you know, like, you know, like people knew me, expected me, wanted to see me, like recognize me, you know, and uh, it just, it made that big church feel a lot smaller, yeah. you know. Okay, man. And yeah. so, uh, so doing that and serving and then I think this men's softball has been a big mm -hmm. deal for me too because, you know, I never... My parents never got me involved in any sports growing up. Really, mm, they wow. they have actually they had me play t-ball when I was real little, and I remember all I remember as a recollection is I hit a home or I didn't hit a home run. I hit the ball hard one time, and instead of running around the bases, I ran up to the cage and was like, "Look what I did! Look what I did! Look what I did!" <laughs> it was just so more about like needing recognition, yeah. needing that uh, uh, you know needing someone to, you know, recognize me for something. I, you know, it just reminds me that even such a, such a, such a, such a young age, I, I had such a, a need for recognition. I must have been, I must have had a, a piece missing here. Well, we all do. That's I like uh, the quote that Tim Keller has in his book, um, to be loved but not known. That's kind of cutesy, right? Kind of like a Disney-ish type love. Yeah. Um, to be known but not loved, that's kind of like everybody's biggest fear and worry, right? When somebody really gets to know you, then they, they, they turn you off. Yeah. Um, but to be fully known and fully loved, that's like our deepest desire and yearning as human beings. We want to be known for who we are and yet still trust and believe that we can be fully loved as who we are. And I think that happens first and foremost with God, and we look for that in our relationships with others. So, um, yeah, I think we want that throughout our entire life. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's your faith walk. That's a great story. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about revisit today in your current season of life. Um, what's most important to you in 2021? what are you most grateful for these days? It could be family, friends, it could be God, it could be career, health, peace of mind, you name it. Uh, most important would be God and, and, and also I think getting to pass on what was given me, you know, that as an organization being able to being able to help people and just finding somebody you know it, it's it's hard to help people too because most of us don't aren't ready or don't want the help or don't want it our way or you know whatever and that it's all the same stuff that i went through too but then when you do you find somebody there who's desperate enough and hurt enough and willing to take direction and you know uh and then you can kind of it's like I think that's what the whole world needs. I mean, you know, it's like, so 
we live through this life. We make a lot of mistakes. All of us do. We do a lot of wrong things. We learn. And but like, how how well are we walking with the next people Amen, right. and going, yeah. hey, don't step there. That's a landmine. Yeah. Don't step there. There's a huge hole. Yeah. Like, walk around this way. You know. Um, so, but it's a counterbalance too because there's not a lot of us out there doing that. Yeah. And then. You know, there's a lot of not a lot of them that are willing to listen to old us either, because there, a lot of them have the attitude. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. That was then. You know, you you know, I know me. I know what I'm doing. And you get that whole attitude too. So, I think you know, it's it's uh, it's got to be attacked both ways. But but you know, that's that's the one of the things I like about like the organization is because. You, you generally the people that you're running into aren't doing hot, right. you know, aren't 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 doing great, which yeah. is which is good because they're way more open to to hearing something, and uh, when you can find somebody who's willing enough to take the direction and, and yeah. they'll to, to to start heeding some of that, and see sometimes it's even better when they don't when they don't listen, and exactly what she said was going to happen happens, and then they're a little bit more open the next time, and it's like it's like. I get it. I was the same way. I was hard-headed yeah. too. So, I mean, there's no judgment there. I mean, there's no reason to beat you up over it. But, like, you know, you just kind of want to pass on what, what you've got, you know. Amen. Yeah. So, you recognize that in your organization. I also recognize it in um, being a small group leader in youth and also in core to life, kind of like what you said, um, being willing to develop relationships where uh, the kids or young adults can lean into you and trust you, share your, their stories with you. And um, I'm not so much about trying to fix or change people in as much as I'm trying to love people the best I can based at wherever they're at in life. And then, as we talked about before, trust that it's really it's the Holy Spirit that does the healing and the moving, right? I'm called there to just try to love, love these kids or these young adults as best I can and that's what I hope my legacy will be um, and then every once in a while you know what they do they ask your advice and your opinion and when they do it's time to lean in and go ahead and honestly share you know what we've learned from our experience yeah um, how about grateful what are you grateful for these days uh, I would say the number one thing I guess would be grace I mean I don't I don't know and when you say grace, what do you mean by grace? I don't deserve anything. I mean, uh, and I don't. I don't even do this thing right now. Yeah, you know amen. what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I. I think about like, you know, getting sober. You know, you know, what did I do to get sober? Well, I got my ass kicked enough that I surrendered and asked for help, and that's yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but look at everything that's come from that. You know, I, the ripple effect of everything that's happened from there. And I didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve it. I all I did was do did everything wrong, everything I wasn't supposed to do, everything that was warned to me not to do, everything that I was, you know, everything, I, everything that you could possibly not want your kid to do or your, someone to do. I did all that, and as a reward, I got 
sober and I got a great life and I get to, you know, and I'm not trying to glorify like that's what you should do, but I'm saying like, that's completely, that's how I know it's completely out of grace. I mean, and you know, uh, you know, like I said, I I still struggle with a lot of stuff today, you know, and I still ain't living completely the way I think I should, you know, uh, but all that being said, like, you know, the forgiveness that God has shown me and, uh, you know, I don't know, you just look at like, like people, like, so you're in a relationship, somebody betrays you, you're done with them. Like, I'm not doing that again. You're done. I'm not, you know I mean? That's the attitude yeah. a normal yeah. person would take is like, no, no. I'm done. And the the way this God treats me is like I betray him. And he says, I ain't going nowhere. I mean, you can betray me all you want. I'm not I'm not moving. You know, you can you can go if you want. I think man, what if that what if that was the context of marriage? Amen. Like yeah. you can do what you want. I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. I signed up to this. Right. You know, and so I don't know how achievable or how and you know, again we're humans, we're not God, but but what a great ideal to, yeah. to go into it with. And uh you know, that's at least that's how I would look at it. But like that's how God has treated me. It's like, you know, look man, uh you know you know, I love you. I love you no matter what. I love you know, uh I, I told you I was doing some uh hypnotism yeah you know uh, a Christian hypnotist whatever for a mm-hmm. while she was helping me work on some stuff and she had me in this hypnot- and I think people lose sight of what hypnotism is but I mean I was still conscious of where I was or you know I mean I mm-hmm. wasn't like completely unconscious or anything but I went through this thing where she said you know you're there with God what is he saying to you or whatever you know or what you know what's you know God's there with you and you know I just I was there like in that spot you know and you know he didn't say anything to me he just hugged me and just wouldn't stop hugging me and like I just started uh, I hate to even admit this on camera but man I just started bawling I was like like how in the world could you hug me mm-hmm. how in the world can you not like how can you love me? I don't deserve it. I don't, you know, and, uh, you know, what, a, you know, I don't know. That, I guess that's what I would say I'm, I'm most grateful for. Uh, you know, everything else is all human stuff, and it's like, you know, material, financial, relationship, all this stuff. The truth is, I can never have enough of it. It'll never be the right, I mean, like, I'll, I'll just, like, I'll never be satisfied with any of that stuff, you know. Uh, because because it's all you know it's all just yeah stuff you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. but uh no great yeah. answer so as we begin to wind things down I'm gonna get some final thoughts from you first of all what sort of advice or encouragement would you have for others either in a similar seasonal life to yours or who have experienced some of the same challenges that you've faced in life. Mm-hmm. Do everything you can your way first. I hate to say that. 
I mean, you know, uh, it may kill you. It may. People die all the time. I mean, and I don't say that as a warning or anything or to scare anybody off. I mean, uh, you know, people people die before they reach, you know, help or before they find help. It happens all the stinking time. But I don't know of a better way. I remember a guy say, man, I just, I want what you have, but I don't want to wait 20 years to get it. I said, man, me too. <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I wish, wish I could just do that. You know what I mean? I wish I could pass that on and just say, hey, if you, you just, you know, whatever, here it is, but it just don't work that way. I mean, like, uh, like, I don't know. Sometimes you find God at the end of yourself, at the end, and not a moment before. And whether that means prison or whether that means, you know, almost dying or overdosing or whether that means divorce or whether that means, uh, you know, somebody dying in the family. I mean, all these terrible, tragic things like nothing is, nothing is without value. There's something, there's a value in all that stuff. Even though, even though some of these things are terrible things, uh, they can be used for good. That's, that's how I know God's a good God is because uh, he's taken the worst things I could ever think of, you know, and, and, and brought some good out of them. I mean, like, how, how do you do that? You know, so I just say, you know, you know, if, if things are going well, I mean, be conscious of that, take a look at it, you know, uh, hopefully you're at a place where you're able to, there's terms in this book, uh, I just love the term is let go. Absolutely. It's, mm. there's so much to that, yeah. but let go. Absolutely. And if you're at that place, awesome, dude, some good stuff is about to happen. Yeah. I can promise you that some great stuff is about to happen. But if you're not there yet, just keep doing your deal, man. Keep figuring it out. Keep trying it your way. Keep doing I mean, but you know, that's, that's the place I, I feel like, you know, we all, we all, would like to find or need or need to be at is get to a place where we're able to let go absolutely and go, I cannot do it. I need help. I need something outside of myself, yeah. you know, and it's like the atheist and you know, I've talked with some of them and they're like, ah, you know, whatever. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, There's a power greater than you, or there's not, at a simple level. So, if there's no power greater than you, you're telling me that you believe that you are the most powerful, you know, you, you, are, you are the most powerful thing on this earth. You, in and of yourself, are the power, or like, there's nothing more powerful than you, and if I mean, if that doesn't open your mind to, it can't be true. It can't be true because there's there's people out there with more success. There's there's bigger, better. There's like all and everywhere you look, no matter how good you're doing, there's somebody doing better or doing. You know, there's some. You can't be the most powerful, you, even if you're the strongest strong man. There's somebody who can kick your ass. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you know. 
we are not the most powerful thing. And if that's a that's a simple term, if you can just get to the idea that you're not the most powerful thing on earth, that there is something more powerful than you, look for it, yeah. seek it out, find out what the, what that looks like. I mean, don't let anybody tell you what it looks like. I think that uh, you know a relationship with God has got to be personal. It's got to happen on its own, in its own, you know, like, you can't direct that. You can help yourself along the way or whatever, but it's it can't come from somebody else, you know. If somebody can't give you that. That's something that's got to be personal. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think that's a great note to close on. It's, uh, I want to thank you for being so honest and transparent with your testimony. Um, I think it'll make for a great podcast everybody out in Pondville, thank you very much for listening to a very special friend of mine. I love you dearly. And this has been another episode of Real Friends. Woo-hoo.